Welcome once again to another episode of The Wall Behind and Beyond. I am your host, Philip A. Jones. Tonight we have a guest by the name of Tanae Jenkins. She is formerly incarcerated, and like many returning citizens, she struggled to find her way upon release because she was no longer employable in her previous field of business due to her conviction. However, after coming in contact with someone who would help her to see herself, she was able to realize her true potential. Thus, the springboard for Everything I Am was launched, which was created to help previously incarcerated men and women find their voice. With that being said, Everything I Am is much more than a clothing line. The Jacksonville-based organization creates opportunities for growth by reducing the rate of recidivism and giving returning citizens the tools needed. Please welcome our guest, Tanae. How are you, sister? I am excellent, Philip. How are you tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad that you can come out and join us. We've got so many things to talk to you about. We want to get right into these questions. Just tell us where you're from and a little bit about your background. All right. I am from Jacksonville, Florida. I currently live in Atlantic Beach, Florida, which is literally like on the line of Jacksonville, about 10 minutes away from Jacksonville. So I live in Atlantic Beach. My background, I was in the Air Force as an air traffic controller. When I got out of the Air Force, I went into banking until the housing market crashed. And that was in 2008. And in 2010, um, I ended up going to prison. Uh, I defrauded a financial institution for $88,000. And was sentenced to two years prison, five years probation. That five years of probation ended up turning into 10 years of probation um, that I was given. However, I um, was able to terminate my probation early by paying it off. And so I gave the Department of Corrections 10 years of my life. And now I'm out here trying to fight the good fight so others won't go through what I went through. Most definitely. And I love that about you. And I'm glad you're in this struggle trying to help others in your situation. You have an organization and a business model called Everything I Am. Please tell our listeners more about that and where did the concept arise? That's a good question. So Everything I Am came from a a dark dark place in, in my life. In 2019, I lost everything. I lost my job. I totaled my car. I lost my relationship and I almost died in a span of 20 days. And I did not feel... Uh, the feelings that I should have felt at the time that all of that went on. And a year later, I was on a downward uh, spiral. And a friend of mine said, one day, I hope that you feel like you are enough. And I realized from that, that I really didn't feel like I was enough. And I just wanted to be everything that I was, flaws and all. And so everything I am came from um, just being broken and wanting to be everything, even with my, my, my past scars. So everything I am helps Um, individuals not to feel alone in their struggles. And I just wanted to make sure it didn't take other people eight years to feel like they were enough or to feel like that um, become everything that they actually were, regardless of their past, their past mistakes. Powerful with the name itself and the fact that, you know, a lot of people find that there's difficulty in uh, rebounding after being incarcerated or mm-hmm. just feeling like, you know, everything you're doing is not enough and you're struggling uh, as you try to find and navigate your way. And so that I felt as though that concept is needed because most of us is coming home. When we leave prison, we are, we face so many obstacles and so many hurdles. 
But when somebody's there to tell you that you are enough and that you are worthy, it makes all the difference in the world. So thank you so much for that. You said your biggest obstacle was giving your idea life. How so? And why was this your biggest obstacle? So in Everything I Am came about, this was in 2020. And this was in the middle of a pandemic and everything was happening around us. No, it felt like everything was happening to us and not around us. So when I came up with the concept, I didn't know what direction to actually take. And when they were giving people relief for PPP and the SBA, and I applied for the small business loan, but I was denied because I was a felon and I had a record and they were denying anyone with a record. So I didn't have the funding to do so. So I literally started from the ground and I, I you know, got my bootstraps and I, I self-funded it. And because of the struggle that I went through trying to get it off the ground, I just poured all of myself into the business. A lot of people didn't foresee it being anything past a, a t-shirt line. But like you said earlier, it's not just a t-shirt line. We help returning citizens with supplies as far as toothbrush, toothpaste, um, all their toiletries, even some clothes and some shoes when we can, when they come home. I heard what you were saying about your biggest obstacle. It is crazy because you would think that those who are coming out of prison trying to do the right thing, that they would be eligible for these uh, grants and these loans, especially from the Small Business Administration that talk about minority and talk about us trying to have developmental programs um, so that people won't have to go back into a life of crime or do something to make another mistake. And so that that's something that we need to highlight. Um, Absolutely. Does your reentry model cover in terms of providing what individuals need to be successful upon release? Okay, so a lot of reentry programs, they focus on resume writing and getting a job. Um, just recently, over the, like, the last five years or so, they're doing housing and mental health, but not as much. Um, as I believe should be addressed. Mental health is a huge issue. When you come out of prison, you have been stripped of your name and given a number. You are called inmate. You are not addressed as a person per se. So to be able to get acclimated back into society, there are some things that have to be turned off in your brain and turned on in your brain. And a lot of individuals, they don't want to embrace their time in prison. They want to forget about it. They, um, they, they try to move through life and not think about it. So with everything I am, we teach individuals how to feel. And when I say feel, I mean, forgive yourself, embrace your past, elevate your thinking and look beyond your circumstances. What I found was I was the hardest person that I would ever have to forgive. And a lot of people don't think about forgiving themselves. They can forgive the next person all day long, but when it comes to forgiving themselves, they have the hardest time doing it. So I had to go back and forgive myself for what I did to get in trouble, for going to prison. I even had to forgive myself for when I came home in the situations I put myself in and the relationships that I put myself in when I came home. So once I was able to forgive myself of all my past mistakes that I had done to me, and allowed to happen to me, then I was able to move forth. And that's a big part of being able to move forth and get on the other side of your past is once you forgive yourself. So we teach forgiveness first. 
that's awesome. And I feel you on that because after being in prison as long as I have, there's a conditioning uh, that comes from being referred to um, only by your last name or by a POC number or called an inmate or, you know, incarcerated individual. You know, you start to feeling like that even if it's internal. You're not aware of it until you confront uh, society and you know you have to deal with certain things. And so uh, you you operate uh, from that, that level of feeling inferior uh, because people you think that people can see on your face that you've been in prison, first of all. You believe yeah. that they can look at you and tell, oh, he, he, he just got out, you know, something like that. And so you start operating as if you're making an excuse uh, for what you've been through. Mental health has a lot to do with um, you being able to overcome the things that stagnate you um, psychologically, like your emotions and your traumas. And, and the average person can't do that. And so thank you a lot for your organization understanding and recognizing that mental health is important. I read in your bio that at one point you didn't think you were enough or that you were doing enough. Could you share with the listeners where this feeling came from and what helped you to overcome it? Not feeling like I was enough. It stemmed from mm, not just my prison stay, but uh, relationships that didn't mean me any good because I was in a relationship where anytime they would get mad, they would call me a liar and a thief. So I was beat down verbally, emotionally, immensely in a relationship on top of the prison uh, system and being on probation for so long. When I, before I went to prison, I was a business analyst. I was a uh, implementation manager and I was a corporate trainer. So VPs, uh, president, CEOs, they, they listened to me when I talked because I was in that arena. But when I came home, I couldn't even get my foot in. I couldn't get my foot in the door. That that beat me down. That made me feel like I wasn't good enough anymore because of a felony conviction. And when I did get hired at these positions, it was two positions I was hired, paying good money at very good companies. And two weeks into my, my work assignment, they came and tapped me on my shoulder because my complete background check. Yeah, 40 seconds remaining. Come back and pick up where we left off on the other side. Thank you all for listening, subscribing, and sharing my podcast. Here are three ways to help me today. Consider donating, if you can, to my GoFundMe for my freedom efforts. You can find that by typing in Incarcerated Lives Matter, Philip Alvin Jones on GoFundMe. Subscribe today to my YouTube channel, The Wall Behind and Beyond. Comment and share. We are on our journey to a 1,000 subscribers. We can do this. Visit GrantParoleToPhilip.com. It's a one-stop shop that has my direct contact info and awesome social media sites. Please get in touch with us if you'd like to help in any way with Team Philip. Thank you and keep listening to The Wall Behind and Beyond. You have a prepaid call. You will not be charged for this call. This call is from Philip. Back on the other side, you know, uh, we got today amazing guest, reentry advocate, mental health advocate. We want you to complete your thoughts. So if there was anything else you wanted to add, Please feel free to do so. No, I was just uh, saying, so when I was walked out of those jobs, that just made me feel like I wasn't good enough anymore. And that is what what really uh, got got under my skin. You kind of you kind of touched on it already, but also I wanted you to share um, your reentry model and what areas does it cover? So with the with my reentry model, it just helps build people up. It helps them 
um, mentally know that they are enough for it. And it doesn't have to be for someone else, but it shows them that they are enough for themselves. And one thing that they must do is figure out what enough looks like for them, because you can say, I want to be enough. But if you don't know what it looks like, you'll never attain it. You can say, I want happiness. But if you don't know what happiness looks and feels like, you'll never get it. So we teach them um, what enough looks like. Well, we ask them what enough looks like. And once they envision that and outline that, then they can attain that. That's powerful because for every person is different. And so mm-hmm. your approach is, you know, you want people to have that confidence going out to the world, knowing that whatever you bring, you know, to the best of your ability, it's good enough. And whoever don't think it is, then that's a personal problem that they have and not you. I think that uh, a lot of reentry uh, organizations across the country need to employ that also and implement that because, um, again, it's all about confidence when you get out. Um, and all about opportunity. But if you don't have the confidence, then you don't think that you're worthy of the opportunity. And mm-hmm. so that's powerful. And I'm glad that you said that. My next question for you is yourself being incarcerated, then given probation of which you had to do not five but 10 until you were able to get that removed. What resources could you have used that would have made your transition easier? A mental health counselor, a therapist, mm-hmm. um, I was diagnosed six years after I got out of prison. Yeah, almost six years after I got out of prison, I was still on probation and I was diagnosed with impulse control disorder. If I had been diagnosed with impulse control disorder while I was in prison or even right after prison, it would have been so much better for me because I would have been able, you you can't treat what you don't, uh, don't diagnose. If you don't know what's going on, you can't fix the problem. You can't treat it. So once I was diagnosed with impulse control disorder, I was able to change my way of thinking and in my my outlook on my behavior and my outlook on life. So mental health, if I would have had a, a good counselor, group therapy, a therapist or anything like that, it would have been an absolute game changer. This is a little bit um, off the cuff. Uh, but something you said really sparked something in me, and I like to keep it real on the show. For anybody, man or woman, that's in a relationship, especially after coming out, we already have a lot of these things and hang-ups, you know, anxiety and uh, depression, uh, or we're not feeling worthy um, of the opportunities that may be before us or the blessings that may come before us. When you enter into relationships uh, with individuals, women and men, this goes for us all, you can be transparent all you want. If they really for you, they ain't really tripping on that. That don't matter to them. What matters is the present and what you're going to do together moving forward. So I just wanted to throw that out there for some of the listeners that might find themselves in certain situations also. So thank you for sharing a little piece of that with us. Absolutely. In your bio, you said something about the continuous negativity that covered your life took a toll on the way you viewed yourself. Can you explain to our listeners what you meant by this, because I think a lot of people feel the exact same way. Being in prison uh, or having a felon on a felony on your record, it's they say, OK, you served your time. No, I'm still serving my time. I'm still here handcuffed in a, in a way. I wrote something about not being able to get life insurance because of my felony background. And people were 
astonished that that was one of the difficulties of being a felon. It's so many things that we cannot do and cannot get because of this label that has been placed on us. When it's supposed to be you've served your time, now go be free. And that's not the case. So I was just going to say the negativity that follows you because of your past mistakes and your past decisions, it never stops. And that's right on point. And this is something that we should keep in mind uh, because a loss of liberty is the punishment that the courts gave you uh, for whatever they deem was your crime. Mm-hmm. Everything after that is supposed to be the system helping uplift you in order for you to go back into the society you came from, the communities that you came from, and be successful so that you don't go back to prison. That's where the recidivism comes back in. And so once you have served your time, everybody around you, all the resources, all the system, systemic programs are supposed to embrace uh, so that the individual has an equal playing field and he, he or her won't end up back in prison. Mm-hmm. So thanks a lot uh, for sharing that, sister. Absolutely. You also spoke about feeling unworthy and limited. I want you to speak more on this because this is something that I think keeps people stuck in their old lifestyle patterns. Would you agree? I, I would absolutely agree. Because when you feel unworthy, then you want to go back back to something that is familiar. You want to go back to something where um, you're safe. And when you go back to that, those old habits they welcome you back with open arms and then the cycle uh, continues. When you're limited in the things that you can do and the things that you can attain, i.e. jobs, housing, then you go back to where you know you can get those things. So when you're limited in how far you can go with your background, then you go back to something that you know is safe and you know you can make it and where you know you have no limits. So that, that keeps that cycle continuing when you're limited. For sure. And that's why a lot of brothers and sisters end up back in the system because they, they resort or revert back to what they know and what they were familiar with, uh, the streets, uh, drug dealing, hustling, or whatever they was doing out there in the world. Um, and it leads them back to the same place that they started. So we want to make sure that people feel worthy and know that you can make mistakes and still overcome. Yeah. Um, just don't give up. You know what I mean? Stay with it. And then individuals like yourself are going to be there to support. So what are you working on now? And is there any other advice you can give our listeners? What I am working on now, um, I'm going to be speaking or presenting at the 76th Annual uh, Corrections Education Association Conference, where I am actually teaching correctional officers and um, probation officers better tactics are better uh, things to do to be able to work with returning citizens. So I'm excited about that. I have another conference, another conference in Pensacola, sorry, where I'll be teaching people uh, how to feel your feelings. I have a TEDx talk coming up in October of this year, which I'm super excited about. And I just want uh, individuals, justice involved individuals, returning citizens, anyone that's ever been affected by the system to know that they can do so much more than what society says they can. For sure. That's powerful and dope all at the same time. And lastly, how can people get a hold of you or check for your clothing line or learn more about what you do? All right. So I, my website is Tanane. That's T-A-N-A-I-N-E. 
Jenkins, J-E-N-K-I-N-S.com. There, they will be able to see where I'm speaking, um, my speaking engagements, where I'll be, or they can actually book me to come into their facility, their reentry programs, their prison system. Yeah, their prisons or even probation offices or anything of the sort to come and speak and deliver a keynote or a presentation. Also, my clothing line is IamEverythingIam.com. And a percentage of the proceeds goes towards a reentry program here in Jacksonville, Florida, as well as being able to help those individuals get back up on their feet and succeed in their second chance. I love that. Bravo. Hats off to you. And I just want to say before I go, I want to do a follow-up with you. We're going to have a re-entry conference because we got a release-ready this program over here that we do for re-entry also that I help facilitate. And there's all kinds of people that I've met um, throughout this podcast journey that are in the re-entry field. I think we should all come together, talk, um, exchange ideas and thoughts, and maybe even come together and network and work together on some projects. And with that being said, you know, it's always a pleasure, you know, interviewing somebody, you know, with such a strong and powerful uh, message. Uh, I also want to remind everybody to continue to support us on YouTube, continue to follow us, stream us on all places where podcasts are available, um, and just follow us in what we're doing. And if you got some show ideas, feel free to get at Eric or myself and bring it to our attention because we're looking for what you want to hear. Take care, everybody, and stay strong.